Take your Bibles, please, and turn this morning again to Romans chapter 12. And I want to talk to you this morning about something that I really knew very little about until probably five years or so ago. Now, you need to remember that I grew up in going to church and I grew up in Sunday school, but uh, I didn't knew very little about this. I went to Bible college. I've been preaching since I was 16 years old, and yet I knew very little about this biblical topic. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the subject, the topic of spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. I don't recall anything from my youth about this vital topic, this vital subject. That's not to say I didn't hear it. You know, I was like a lot of you young people. I could unplug real easy while the preacher was preaching. I could tune out. Uh, the Sunday school teacher as well. And maybe I, I, maybe they did teach it, but I didn't catch it. And I knew very little about it. Um, I don't recall any emphasis upon it. Uh, I think it was the summer of 2008 after we had come here. Uh, we went as sponsors to Casual. And that year, those of you who went, if you remember back in 2008, the, the theme that week was the Holy Spirit. And uh, we studied the Holy Spirit and they had us do a spiritual gift analysis, a spiritual gift survey. And I took that and uh, then I came back. 
Uh, that same year, in the fall of 2008, in the spring of 2009, some of you may remember, I went to every adult class and I taught that adult class, I think, for five weeks. And I took you through a class called Taking the Next Step. And uh, we went through that and some of you. Uh, In that class, many of you took a spiritual gift surveyors, spiritual gifts analysis. In fact, it's very interesting. I had you keep your own attendance and turn it in. I had you write down your spiritual gifts and in preparation for this morning's message. I got that folder out. I went back and I was looking at some of your spiritual gifts and uh, some of your names. I still have your card where you wrote down your spiritual giftings. And by the way, we have that available to every person here. If you're a uh, if you'll join our website on the members resources, there is a spiritual gift survey there you can take. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. But I bring all that up because we come today in Romans 12 to the topic, to the subject of spiritual gifts. And I reminded you last week that you need to be who you are. That is the person that God has created you to be. And this morning, I want to add to that this thought. You are gifted. You're gifted. Now, you may not feel gifted. You may not look gifted. But I want you to know if you're a child of God, if you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been given a very special gift by God. Now, I'm not talking about the gift of salvation, as glorious as that is. And praise God for that gift, the greatest gift ever given, the Lord Jesus, the gospel. And by the way, the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. If you've never received that gift, today's the day. Today's the day to turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ. But I'm not talking about that gift. I'm talking about the gift, a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit has given to you. And every believer has at least one spiritual gift. He gave you at least one. Some have more than one. But everybody has one. I want to show you some of that today. So you found Romans 12. Go ahead and find 1 Corinthians 12. Put your finger there if you would, please. Our text is Romans 12. We're also going to reference 1 Corinthians 12. So you'll be ready to turn there. We're going to start in Romans 12. So it's real easy. you got Acts, Romans, and 1 Corinthians, the very next book. Find verse 12, uh, chapter 12 there, and we'll be reading there in a moment as well. But let's go back and look at Romans 12. We'll go back and begin our reading at verse 3. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. Notice that, to everyone. He's writing to Christians. Verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren. So to every one, every believer who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now notice verse 6. Having then gifts differing, According to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, keep your finger there. We're coming back. But go ahead and find first Corinthians 12. 
And we want to tie it to what we're talking about today. First Corinthians 12. Beginning at verse one, the Bible says in first Corinthians 12, one now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So this is a topic God wants you to know about, wants you to understand. I was ignorant about it at one point in my own life. Now, now drop down to verse four. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, Holy Spirit. Verse five, there are differences of ministries. But the same Lord and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now, notice verse seven, first Corinthians 12, seven. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to what's it say? Each one. Why? For the profit of all. Drop down to verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things. Notice this part distributing to each one individually. As he wills. And then let me give you one more reference. You don't have to turn here. Just listen to 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a gift, very plain, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So make no mistake, child of God, you are gifted. You're gifted. Now, some have made the mistake of thinking there's a great divide Between what they call the clergy and the laity. Now, we're Baptists. We don't use that term clergy very often. The only time I use it, I have clergy badges to go in and out of the hospitals and so forth. But clergy, of course, that that represents those who are full-time ministers. And laity are those that they say are those in the pew. And they say there's a great divide between the clergy and the laity. In fact, a little girl was once asked to describe the clergy and the laity. And she said the clergy are paid for being good and the laity are good for nothing. (laughs) Now, she said that I didn't say that. But the fact of the matter is all of us who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, all of us who are saved are full time ministers. Now, some of us are supported through the giving of God's people in the church. And others are supported by other jobs. But the point is, all of us, all that we do is to be for the glory of God. First Corinthians 10, 31. We're all ministers. And so we're to glorify God in all that we do. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to lose this idea. That there's a great divide that there are those who do ministry and those who don't know all of us do ministry. It's just we're supported in various ways. Now, someone has said to the Christian every day. Is a holy day. Every bush is a burning bush and every place is a sacred place. We need to understand that. Get out of your mind this idea that uh, there are secular things and sacred things. No, if you're a child of God, it all is sacred and do all to the glory of God. Now, obviously, we cannot do an exhaustive study on spiritual gifts today. Whole books have been written upon the topic. What we're going to do today, basically, is we're going to give you an introduction for some. And a refresher course to others, depending on your knowledge of this topic. So an introductory course for some and a refresher course to others. We're going to use four very basic questions. Who, what, why, and when? Who, what, why, and when? Now, let's talk first of all about who. Who gets a spiritual gift? Who gets a spiritual gift? Well, we pretty much covered that one already, haven't we? Uh, We said that every believer gets at least one 
spiritual gifts. Sometimes you get more than one. First Peter 4.10 says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. Believer, you're gifted. But here's a word of caution. There's no room for pride when it comes to your spiritual gift. Why? Because God gave it to you. We've talked about that already in this passage. Likewise, we talked about the fact there's no room for self-depreciation. Saying, oh, well, I can't do anything. Yes, you can. You're gifted and God has gifted you. So who gets a gift? Every believer. But here's another who question. Who gives the gifts? Well, we're back in Romans 12 again, verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And we understand that this is talking about saving faith there, although God does give that. This is a measure of faith. This is the ability, the skill that God's given you. Verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12 says this, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So God the Holy Spirit gives you your gift. We believe that He gives it to you at the moment of your conversion, when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Now, of course, we develop those gifts and we deploy those gifts, but they're given by God, the Holy Spirit. And we all don't have the same gift. Did you notice Romans twelve six? Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So in this room today, we have all sorts of gifts and gift mixes. I'm exercising one of my spiritual gifts right now. Maybe you've already exercised your spiritual gift early this morning. Maybe you will later after the service. The idea, beloved, is we need to forget this, 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 this exalting one gift above another. Of saying, oh, well, that's an important gift. This one. No, no, no. Every gift is important. Every gift is given by God the Holy Spirit. And the body of Christ, every member is a VIP, a very important part of the body. Just as you have your physical body, it talks about in this passage. I don't know about you, but I mean, I, you say, well, give up a part. I don't want to give up any parts. You say, well, give up your pinky toe. Not like my pinky toe. <laughs> all, all the gifts are important. And so we don't exalt one gift by the and say, oh, well, that's, that's, a, whoa, that's an important gift. Now, listen, some gifts are more visible than other gifts. And sometimes people get jealous over their gifts and say, oh, I wish I had that gift. In fact, Brother Hammer was appointed to preside over the Master Tool Convention. And Brother Screwdriver objected. He said, Brother Hammer, you're too noisy to preside over this meeting. You're always driving home your point, always nailing people. I call for your resignation immediately. And Brother Hammer replied, well, what about you, Brother Screwdriver? All you ever do is spin around in circles. (laughs) Well, that may be true, said Brother Screwdriver, but at least I'm not like Brother Plain. His work has surfaced so shallow. What right does he even have to be here? Well, if you're going to kick me out, protested Brother Plain. What about Brother Ruler? He thinks he's always right, measuring everyone else by his standard. Well, well, you're going to come down on me, argued Brother Ruler. What about Brother Pliers? He needs to get a grip. (laughs) Well, at least I don't rub people the wrong way, said Brother Pliers, staring at Brother Sandpaper. And just then... At the convention, the master craftsman walked in and as he used each tool at the appropriate and perfect time, he created, beloved, an object of great beauty. May it be the same here. 
We're not arguing and fussing and envying and jealous over someone else's gifts or their gift mix. We say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. He's gifted you. Thank the Lord he's given you to our church body. Let's work together and allow God to make a thing of beauty in our midst. Amen. And so who gets a gift? Every believer gets a gift. Who gives the gifts? God, the Holy Spirit. Therefore, there's no room for pride, exalting of self, no room for self-depreciation, no room for envy, no room for jealousy, no saying, oh, I wish I had that gift. No, God has gifted you. But there's a second question, the question, what? What is a spiritual gift? Perhaps we got ahead of ourselves. Perhaps we should have started with this question. What is a spiritual gift in the first place? I think a general definition is in order. I like C. Peter Wagner's definition. I think it covers a lot of the basic. Listen, a spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ, according to God's grace, for use within the context of the body. That's a lot to take. Let me read it again. A spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ. According to God's grace, for use within the context of the body. Maybe a simpler one. The Holman Bible Dictionary says this, that spiritual gifts are the skills and abilities that God gives through his spirit to all Christians that equip Christians to serve God in the Christian community. Let's simplify it even more. What is a spiritual gift? It's a gift that God, the Holy Spirit, gave you to use in the body. That's a spiritual gift. Now, it's important to understand that a spiritual gift is not the same as a natural ability. We have some very gifted, naturally gifted people here today. Some of you are very gifted when it comes to sports. Some of you can play basketball or baseball or any sport for that matter. Others are very gifted at doing crafts and and flowers and all those different things. Some of you are very gifted. Some of you have no natural abilities. But anyway, uh, (laughs) you, you know what you're gifted at, naturally speaking. That's not the same as a spiritual gift. It's also not the same thing as a learned ability. You can learn a lot of things. So you may say, well, I want to learn how to do uh, this. I want to learn how to kayak. I want to learn how to do woodworking or whatever. It's not the same as a learned ability. So it's not a natural ability. It's not a learned ability. Now, listen, those things can complement your spiritual gift. They can be used with your spiritual gift. I think they ought to. But they're not the same. A spiritual gift is a gift given by God, the Holy Spirit to you as a believer, as he sees fit. He makes the choice. That's a spiritual gift. And there are many spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible. Romans 12, we've already read about these. That's not the only time that uh, the Bible speaks about spiritual gifts. I think there are seven mentioned here in our Romans 12 passage where it talks about their um, prophecy. We need to prophesy and portion our faith, ministry, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading and showing mercy. And you'll also notice that there are some callings upon our lives that apply to all of us. All of us are to be givers, but some are specially gifted in order to give. You see the difference? And so here's the point. It's not the only place that we find spiritual gifts. In fact, let me give you the references 
for the other place. You might want to jot these down. Grab a care card there. Jot these references down so you'll know where they are. You can study them. You'll find some at Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4.11. You find two sets in 1 Corinthians 12. We read part of that passage, 1 Corinthians 12. You find them here in Romans 12. And then you have a very broad list in 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. I'll give you those again. Those of you who are analytical like me and like to get all the blanks filled out, you're frustrated right now because you didn't get all those references. Let me give them to you again. Ephesians 4, 11, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. That's a very broad one. It just talks about the speaking gifts and the serving or ministry gifts there in 1 Peter 4, 11. Now, listen to what Boyce says. When you look at all the passages, so you take all those passages, we have time to read them all and study them all today. You're going to come away with some questions still. And Boyce said this. He said, what these spiritual gifts are is not easy to say, because every time there's a listing of the gifts in the New Testament, five times in all, the specific items differ. Nineteen gifts are mentioned in these five lists, but the number is not absolute. Different words may describe the same gift. So uh, with the idea of serving or helping of the gift of serving or the gift of helping. And he says there are probably gifts that could be mentioned, but are not mentioned. In other words, we're not even sure if we have the full list. We don't want to limit the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He's sovereign. He can give people however he wants. But 19 gifts mentioned in those five lists. Uh, they're in Romans 12, two sets in First Corinthians, Ephesians and First Peter. May not be an absolute list. Sometimes we use the same word or a different word to describe the same gift. When you take a survey, sometimes it may result in that and you're not sure, but it's the same gift being talked about. That And then, you still with me? On top of that, there's great disagreement among many as to which gifts are still in operation today. Because there are serving gifts and there are speaking gifts, but the Bible also has sign gifts, gifts like healing, gifts like tongues. And there are those who say, no, those have ceased and they have their reasons. And I stand with those. I believe those have ceased. We have the completed word of God now. And then there are those who say, no, those gifts are still in operation. Uh, we'll not get into all that. It's a separate message or a couple of messages, maybe. Suffice it to say that the Holy Spirit has given a gift to you. And they're not all the same. We have different gifts. And he gives them according to his will. And they're for the use of the body. Which brings us to the next question, why? So we know who gets a gift, every believer. We know who gives the gifts, the Holy Spirit. We know what a spiritual gift is. It's a special gift given by the Holy Spirit to each believer to use in the body. But the question is why? Why did God give us a spiritual gift? Well, at least a couple of reasons. First, for his own glory. For his own glory. I mentioned that 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 passage to you. Let me read it to you. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now listen to verse 11. Remember, it treats the gifts very broadly, those speaking gifts and those serving or ministering gifts. Listen to what he says in 1 Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers or serves, let him do it as with the ability to which God supplies. Now listen, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, 
to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so here's the point. Your gifting is for the glory of God. That's why there's no room for pride. There's no room for arrogance. There's no room for saying, oh, look at me. No. Look to God. Praise be to God for what he's done in our lives. Sometimes people are very kind and they'll tell me about a message, how it blessed them or a sermon or whatever. And I try to make it a routine habit to say to God, be the glory. Why? Because God is the one that if anything comes through my life that blesses you or blesses anyone, it's all because of his glory and his grace in my life. And if you bless someone else, all the glory belongs to God. So our gifts are given to us. Why? First of all, for his own glory. But second, for the benefit of the body. The benefit of the body. My thumb, it's a wonderful thumb, but it doesn't exist just for the thumb. It is say, oh, look at me, I'm the thumb. The whole body rolls around. No, the thumb exists. Why? For the benefit of the body. Take away my thumb. You know, take it away. Ooh, look at that. It's not a neat trick. Take away my thumb. What happens? The whole body's impacted, right? Listen to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of of all. Let me say that again. For the profit of all. Now, no one has all the gifts. No one. But everybody has at least one gift. And we need all the gifts working in order for the body to fulfill its function. Let me show you how this would play out in real life. Get in your mind the picture of a party. We're going to a party. Okay? Wonderful party. This isn't original with me. I wish I had a thought about it, but I didn't. But it's great. I'm going to use it anyway. So you got this party. It's time to bring out the dessert. A beautiful dessert. The person bringing the dessert trips and falls. And the dessert comes crashing down to the floor. Now I want you to watch how the body, the gifts, begin to go at work. The person with the gift of prophecy would say, that's what happens when you're not careful. The person with the gift of mercy would say, don't feel bad. Anybody could do that. The person with the gift of service says what? Hey, let me help you clean that up. And then the person with the teaching gift, which is one of my gifts, they would say something like this. Well, the reason it fell was because it was too heavy on one side. Next time, put it more in the middle and it won't fall. The, the person with the gift of exhortation would say, from now on, let's just serve the dessert first, put it in the middle of the table so it won't fall. And all God's people said, Amen. <laughs> Glory. Exhort on. Put it, put it first. Let's serve it first. The middle of the table won't fall. Then, then the person with the gift of giving comes. You know what they say? I'll buy a new dessert. I, I'll give a new dessert. And then the person with the gift of administration, they come along and they say, Jim, go get them off. Sue, help pick it up. Mary, go fix some more dessert. Do you see how it all works now? You see the gifts working? Not all the same gift. Thank God we don't all have the same gift. And it takes all the gifts for the body to function properly. So who gets a gift? Every believer. Who gives the gift? God, the Holy Spirit. What is a gift? It's a special gift that God's given to you to serve the body, to glorify him, to benefit the body. That's why he gives it to you. But there's a fourth question. It's the question when. When. Child of God, when are you going to use your spiritual gift? Look back at Romans 12, 6 again. I want you to notice four words in particular. 
Romans 12, 6, 6 says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. And by the way, let me just stop for a moment and say this. We have different gifts, different passions, different callings. So keep that in mind. Sometimes we get frustrated because everybody doesn't see their area. As pastor, I've got to keep an eye on the whole big picture. So one group says, hey, I, we need to do this. Another group says, hey, we need to do this. We have to look at the whole body. We have different gifts. Now look at verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Notice the next four words. Let us use them. God did not give you a gift just to kind of sit around and say, oh, look at my great gift. He gave you a gift in order to use it for his glory and for the benefit of the body. And I hope you're already using them. But if not, I want to challenge you to use your spiritual gift. Now, you might be thinking, well, preacher, where do I start? Where do I start to even know what my spiritual gift is? You know, before you can develop your spiritual gift, before you can deploy it, you've got to discover your spiritual gift. Well, how do I do that? Well, I think there's some good advice right here in the, in the passage, don't you? Look back at verse 1. Verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I think that's the starting point. They come and say, God, here is my body. Here is my life. Here, here I am. I want to be used by you and your honor and for your honor and for your glory. It's that surrendering of your body and saying, Lord, here I am. I want to know what it is that you've gifted me in. I think, secondly, we need to renew our mind. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Of course, part of that will of God is your gifting, right? Because God gave you your gift. And He wants you to use it for His glory. And so you surrender your life to the Lord. You renew your mind by the Word of God. And then, real simply, you begin serving. You begin serving in the body. I like what Adrian Rogers said. He said, gifts are best discovered in the fellowship of the church. In the fellowship of the church, your gift will come to the surface. Sometimes we have to just start jumping in somewhere and saying, where do we fit? And so maybe you say, well, I think I'll go down and keep the nursery. And you find out real quickly, that is not your gift. Maybe you decide that you have the gift of teaching, you take a class, and all of a sudden you grow a class of, of 30 down to 3. And you realize that while you think you have the gift of teaching, they don't have the gift of listening. And maybe there's a good clue that's not your gift. But you begin to jump in, you begin to explore, you begin to see, where do I fit? What are my passions? What are my giftings? What is it that God has placed within me? And you begin to serve, and your gift begins to rise to the surface, and others will come along and confirm that gift. And help you with that gift. And I mentioned earlier about the spiritual gift survey. Now listen, a spiritual gift survey is not infallible. It's not authorized. It's not a part of the Bible, but it's a helpful tool. Wise, godly people have put a series of questions together and you can answer them and it helps give you guidance. And we have those available. It's on the website and the member resources tab. You can go get that, take it. We can give you one if you want one. But it's a helpful tool to get you kind of in that direction. But listen, just jump in there and serve. Say, God, here's my body. Here's my life. I want to renew my mind. I want to think your thoughts. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to fulfill your will for my life. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be. You know what the greatest ability is many, many times? Availability. Just saying, Lord, here I am. I want to be used by you. And God, the Holy Spirit, who gifted you 
You know what else he does? He also guides you and he directs you. And what I've observed, beloved, is this in, in ministry. That when you function within your giftings, it's amazing how much you can be a blessing to others and how much you are blessed yourself. But when you get outside your gifting, you know what often happens? Frustration. You're frustrated because you're not fulfilling that gift. Beloved, you're gifted. God has given you a wonderful gift for his glory and for the entire body. Now, here's what I want to leave you with. Unwrap your gift. Thank God for it. And then use it. Unwrap it. Be thankful. Go to work. Use your gift. Father, thank you for gifting us in various ways. Thank you for this body of believers. I thank you for those who have discovered your gift for their life and are employing it even now. Bless them. Expand their ministry. Glorify yourself in an awesome way through them. Now, I pray for those who maybe are just beginning this journey, not even sure where their gifting is. I pray that you'll give them guidance and direction. May they come surrendering their bodies and renewing their minds and seeking your will. And may you give them clear guidance and direction as they serve. Lord, I pray that there might be one today that doesn't even know you as Lord and Savior. That today might be the day that they come and place their faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for your word. And I thank you for your grace. Help us all, Father, to use our gifts for your glory and for the benefit of the body. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Our closing hymn is 202. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. The altar the altar looks at this point. You may say, come. You want to come pray? Come. You want to come seek the Lord? Come. Two oh two, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let's stand.